What's up, everybody? I'm a sick Jamal. And I'm Brandon. And this is the way we ball. All right, everybody. We are back. Another episode of the way we ball through thick and thin. We make this thing happen. I'm dying over here. <laughs> Sounds like I have the flu. I'm not really sure what I have. I'm one of those that I just won't go to a doctor because it's always bad news. So uh, hopefully I'm still alive tomorrow. But uh, with that being said, Brandon, we had an MLS final. Uh, Columbus came out on top against LAFC to be crowned your 2023 MLS champions. What were your thoughts on the match, Brandon? Uh, first things first, man. I'm glad you uh, got on the pod anyway, even though I joked before we started, this is going to be your Jordan flu game. So this will be your best pod yet. Uh, in terms of the cup match, uh, it went the way I thought it would. I thought Columbus would come out on top. They did so. They were overwhelming to start early. Uh, they actually dominated possession with almost 62% of the ball. It looked like it throughout. And then it came down to two quick goals. Kucho with the penalty, and I understand a lot of people arguing, was that a handball? That seems to be very popular going on right now. It hit off Palacios and his arm, and the referee gave it to the spot. He drilled it and killed it after VAR. It can be argued either way. I'm If I'm an LAFC fan, I'm screaming no way. But it didn't really matter, because after that, then... Uh, couple minutes later, Yaboa came screaming in off a beautiful setup play, crushed it home, and that one goal would have done it. But later on, Bowanga was a bit special in the second half. He put away one goal after a deflection, but just wasn't good enough to come out on top. So Columbus, man, they just looked a little bit better than everybody else. They kind of showed it on the pitch, and they deserved being champions. I think everybody can definitively say that. Yeah, the the Eastern Conference was was stronger throughout the whole year. Um, that Columbus Cincinnati match, in my opinion, was the final. Yeah. Um, even watching it, I mean, neither of us or LA just would have been able to match that. <laughs> they were just clearly better. Um, and kudos to them. They have a solid team. They have a solid bench. They're they're built really strong. Um, and they're going to be a threat next year too. So, um. You mentioned Buanga. There's a lot of uh, news following him. Do you think we see Buanga in the MLS next season? I mean, Europe's a calling. I think it would be wise of him to attack while he's still very hot. Same thing with LAFC. He's worth a very pretty penny. I think the big question starts to wonder is, is LAFC's dominance coming to an end? I mean, Carlos Vela... If you really think about it, he wasn't that great this year. He didn't score in 15 straight games. He only had nine in the season on top of that. So if he's starting to head out and kind of retire and Belonga's on his way to Europe, that team doesn't really scare me. I mean, yeah, they're probably going to add pieces and spend money, but I don't know. To me, is this the end of a run? He also had a Chilene, um announce his retirement from all soccer yeah. or all football today. So. Um, you have a point there. The big and mighty might have fallen because um, they're using they're losing key players in that in that squad. Um, another thing that I read today that I didn't realize was that Buanga's wife never made it to the U.S. <laughs> um, her visa was never approved, so that could play a huge role um, in his in his decision on whether on staying or leaving. I saw uh, I want to say Tigres and Liga MX were was a, a rumor for him to go to. Um, but I personally love to see the league thrive. I love to see better talent. So, um, I hope he stays. Um, I mean, you know, you don't want your rivals to get that, that quality of a player, but at the end of the day, it's stronger for the league and 
a thriving league makes us thrive even more. So um, I'm all for it. Um, any last, uh, before we move on, it's going to be a short episode today. Any uh, last words you want to talk about that, uh, that cup final or the league no, final? I mean, congrats to, to both teams. We, you know, I think Dynamo, I think the thing that we can think of as Dynamo fans is in reality, we're not that much further than both of those teams that played. I think we're a couple of pieces away from us to be a legitimate threat. I felt good watching that. I did feel like if we were in the final, we probably would have lost to Columbus. They just looked very special that day, and the crowd was really bringing it. I think we would have lost, but I think with a couple of pieces, we'll 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 definitely we'll be in this dogfight for sure. You hit on a keyword there: couple of pieces. Um, the rumor mill has started churning. What can you tell us about? Uh, well, I mean, it's like it's the rumors are coming in by the by the minute. It seems like the one that gained a lot of traction yesterday was Exxon. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, about Exxon? I liked your uh, your gas uh, trifecta joke between the hell and the shell Exxon, and we're just bringing in somebody else here pretty soon. <laughs> uh, young kid, so he's basically signed for Dino Dose. He's he's essentially a loan option to buy. He's a Dino Dose project that could eventually come up to the first team. 19-year-old Honduras kid. The only thing I could really find on him was one YouTube video of him scoring a goal. He looked bigger and stronger than the rest of the people he was playing, so I guess that's a plus. Uh, he had a nice little right footer where he was sliding in, but that's all you can really tell. You can't tell much on, on, on top of that. One interesting thing is his agent that actually negotiated the deal. His agent has quite a lot of experience with MLS players and Honduran players. Luis Palma, Romel Cueto, uh, Michael Torinos, and Daniel Maldonado. So he's all represented by the same guy, which I think is a good sign. I think if you have an agent when you're 19 and you're coming to America, he'll do a good job of getting you acclimated and knowing the right things to say. So I, I like that aspect. I don't know much about on this kid besides he's a project and hopefully he turns out to be amazing. <laughs> Um, speaking of him and YouTube, I'm going to start a petition, um, to have all those Honduran teams change their name. Because when I first read the rumor, I thought he was coming from La Liga and I'm like <laughs> looking up YouTube videos and like, they all have La Liga team names, which is very frustrating. So, uh, my expectations dwindled a little bit once I found out he wasn't a La Liga player or, or product of La Liga. With that being said, yeah, I think every Dynamo fan, first thing we do is go to YouTube and look for clips. Um, I didn't see any like highlight clips. I, I know the one you're no. talking about, but there was there was a match uploaded on YouTube, and you'd have to like watch the whole match, um, which I didn't think I'd be doing on a Monday night. But there I was watching Honduran um, league soccer. Um, but uh, yeah, he's big, he's strong, um, which I think we like. Um, he he did look like a man amongst boys and. I'm okay with being experimental with that Dyna Dose team. Um, Same. There's uh the 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 thing with Dyna Dose is that there's a very good potential that you can make your way up to the first team. Look at Quinones, right? I think when we signed him, a lot of people thought he was just going to be a Dyna Dose project, and it's very easy to come up to that senior squad. So um, I'm okay with these little um, with these little gimmies here and there. Um, with some of these guys, uh, another kid that we were rumored with uh, just earlier today was um, 
Colombian Mauricio Gonzalez. And again, it looks like he's going to be another Dino Dose project. Yep. Um, the reason I'm so optimistic with Dino Dose is look at Mikael. The guy was a <laughs> Dino Dose project like these guys, and he's one of our, if not better, defenders um, in the squad. So I'm okay with these. I'm just hoping that, um, as we mentioned, we go big on that number nine. I want a proven guy. I don't want an unproven striker. We have that midfield that is thriving, and we just need someone to to finish it off in the final third. That I mean, we were missing that in against L.A. Um, on one note about that, I don't know if you caught the Glenn Davis interview today with Pat and Ben. Um, it seems like they're going to give Fedeta a dec- like an honest shot of making the squad next year. Um, I don't know if maybe we're forced to because of the contract and um, they could just be saving face. But from Ben's comments, it looked like once he gets back here in January, he's going to have an honest shot to get in that uh, starting spot back. What are your thoughts on Fedeta coming back? I think it's the right thing to say in that moment, um, especially with getting him back and how he didn't do anything in the Brazilian league. So now you have to save a little face and try to say like, hey, he's a project that we can fix. Look at how good we can do all this. The thing I find interesting with all these signings and the way Ben and Pat are going is I don't really understand the striker signings that we're making. Because if you look at Corey Baird, nothing screams big, strong, physical guy up in the top of the box. but Aliu is that, Thor is that, and now Exxon seems to be that. We're signing these guys that I'm not sure that's Benny Ball, right? I thought we needed a striker that could get shots on goal, but also play defense as well and make good runs off the ball. I, I, I just don't know if these signings are what we're doing or even bringing back Sebas and playing him. Does that fit the system? I, I find it weird. Which is funny because Barrett is the only guy you named that wasn't signed by yeah. this duo <laughs> yeah. right he was already here so it's yeah it's very strange I, I don't know who's getting the ultimate say at at the end of the day if it's ben or pat on on executing um the signing but yeah bear doesn't fit the mold that it seems like pat and ben really like with that with that guy up top but um, if Baird could finish we would we would be saying different things so i think if we could get a, a player that's like Baird that can finish that's more important than getting a big, strong striker is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a hundred percent, it showed that Baird fit what, what Baird does fit this team perfectly. Um, some highlights on that interview. And if you get a chance, please go check it out on Spotify. It was, it was very long. It was almost 30 minutes. I want to say, but it does not seem like Baird's coming back at any capacity. Um, and then the other piece that I found interesting was Vela. Um, the uh, caller called in asked about Vela and Pat basically said we'd have to sacrifice one of our other core players if we wanted to bring someone in like Vela. I don't see that happening um, and I don't think it's worth it. Um, for years and years we heard bring in these Mexican stars and it'll fill the seats. We saw that with Hereda. There is a, it's like a flash in the pan, uh, but then it dwindles down if you don't start putting in results. At the end of the day, if you win, fans come. I don't think we need a Vela or a Chicharito to fill up seats. We need someone who's going to score, who's going to make this team better, not just a name. I agree. I think we could spend that kind of money on somebody, either two players or one guy that's just like a step below and be just as well off than having somebody that's aging out. Like, I think, would I be happy if we got Vela and Chicharito? Yeah, in the moment, I would feel like, cool, this is exciting. But 
I would also say, wow, we better win right now. Otherwise these signings are worthless in year two, three, et cetera. So like, I, I think it's winning the off season, but that's not what we need to do. I think we've proven with this kind of squad and going forward, we're, we're a couple of good players and good MLS players away from, from lifting more cups. So speaking of being a few players away, let's talk about the players we currently have. It's our end of year award ceremony, if you want to call it. Uh, so let's let's talk about it, Brandon. Give us the categories, and we will discuss who was our end of year picks. So we'll have three categories. First, we'll have who is the MVP of this team. I think there's an obvious answer, but we I'm going to try to kind of dive a little bit deeper with that. Uh, we'll have a most improved category, and then finally, a most potential category. So MVP, most improved, and most potential. So, Jamal, we'll start with you first, man. Who's your MVP this season? Um, I, mean, I feel, I mean, I know what everyone's choice is, and it's going to be Adetta. Yeah. Um, but I... Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm trying to get like cute with it, but it it has to be Adetta for me. I mean, without Adetta, we don't have the the rest of the success we're having. I mean, it's hard to argue against, especially when he could have been legitimate runner up MVP. I mean, he could have even been MVP, and it would have made sense, right? I decided to zig when I, I and when others would zag, right? So I went with Artur. And the reason why I'm going to go with our tour is a couple of things. One, I'll hit you with some stats. But before I do that, the reason why I think Hector got to be Hector this season was because he had an Artur. He knew that he could be a little bit more saucy and open up play because he had a guy behind him that could just close down gaps and do all the things. So it really freed up Herrera to play this kind of soccer that I don't think he's ever really truly gotten to play since like he was younger. And I think that's why we see such a young Zubrin's running through him. So because of that, I give it to Artur. Now his stats totally back it up. Uh, first thing, he played in 39 games this season. Uh, his terms of his tackle rate, 62% tackle rate coming back there. Now the, my in terms of his dual success rate, 54%. Then it gets really sexy. His passing is incredible. So he's averaging about 57 passes per 90 minutes at a basically a 90% pass clip. 74% on his aerial uh, long passes. And then what makes him even more deadly is once he gets into the upper third, right? So in his own half, he's 92% in his passing. But in the opponent's third, it's 86%. So he starts to really start to put it on point. His passing is beautiful. Uh, in terms of his defense, man, like he's also somebody that's incredible as well. 49 clearances, 12 blocks, and 50 interceptions. All that is quite impressive, especially when you start to look at his passing rate. When I break down like in his own half and in in, uh, an opponent's half and flip it on the terms, Herrera, 92% in his own half. And then in the opponent's half, 78%. So like we're talking about a 10% difference between him and Artur is incredible. Coco, guess what? The worst, (laughs) 71% in his own half, in the opponent's half, but 89 in his own half. But that goes to show what we've been saying about Coco. So for me to bring it all full circle, it's our tour. The guy did it all this season. He opened it up for Herrera, but he also showed it with the stats. I give it to that man in a way that I think is deserving. Yeah, no, it's definitely um it's definitely deserving. I uh you you made a good point there that you see a big difference because Adetta had the trust in the back line and our tour um anchoring. 
Um, I wouldn't be mad if he got um, MVP for the season, but uh, it's a tough, tough task to beat Edetta for that category. What's uh, what do we have next? All right. So now your most improved player, who would you argue is this year's Dynamo most improved player? So now I'm going to zag. Uh, okay, my man, because I did too. He's going to get two awards. It's going back to Adetta. The Adetta oh, we wow, saw this year, the Adetta we saw this year was not the Adetta of last year. Last year we saw him at concerts, living it up, wasn't taking this thing <laughs> seriously. Even preseason, I remember there was some like season ticket holder events that he didn't show up to, and everybody's just like, oh, he's not bought in, and he shut us all up. So for me, not necessarily on the field because he's always been, uh, he's always had the quality on the field, but just what he brought as far as being the captain and wearing the band. My most improved guy was Hector Odena. I'd say I like it. So to me, there's three players that really jump out. And I think it's the fans one that would say it. the number one I would say is probably Griffin Dorsey is what a lot of people would respond. Number two, I would think people also are going to say Mick Gael. And then number three, I think they would say Keonis. Between those three, I think those are the logical ones that have made improvements. I went with the middle. Mikael, to me, is my most improved player from coming from Dino Dose, a player that none of us to start the season really had him as somebody that was going to be a legitimate starter. And then once he got that solidified role, once Teenage went down, like we forget that aspect. He got the starting role because Teenage got hurt, and then Mikael just never gave it up, and it's somebody that we trusted going forward. And yes, his stats back it up. So he's only 23 years old. He just turned 23 too. Uh, In terms of his defensive, 135 clearances, 20 blocks, 30 interceptions. He has a 64% tackle rate. He wins 62% of his duels. And he also wins 62% of his aerial duels as well. So he wins on the ground and in the air. Like that's an impressive rate from that guy. And then also his passing is pretty spot on as well. 86% in his own half. And then he averages 53 passes per 90. So he's somebody that we actually utilize when we kind of swing the ball and we rotate it around. I think he is by far our most improved player because going forward now, we have a center back for the future that is a absolute legit star. Yeah, and you couldn't, I mean, there's no wrong answer, right? Any of those three guys um, could make a case for themselves. Dorsey. Doing what he did was not the player of last year. Quinones, um just taking over that left wing spot. So um, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at any of those. Um, you could even say Corey Baird. Uh, I mean, we went from the fan base pretty much being anti Baird to him True. having the moniker Scary Baird or Scory Baird, excuse me. Um, <laughs> Some games and so. Uh, and for the last, what's our last uh, end of year award? Most potential. So in this season, who, what player do you say looking forward has the most potential? So everything you just said about Mikael, just copy and repeat. And uh, (laughs) that's my answer for most potential. The kid's only 23. Um, As we just talked about, Chilene's retiring in his 40s. Like, center backs last for a very long time. And even if he's not going to be our best player, I see a very fat paycheck coming in from another team in Europe that's going to want this guy. So Europe or, or even in, in Mexico. But um, if he's not going to perform on the field, he's going to he's going to get us a big heap of cash. So for me, it's it's Mikhail. Safe pick. I think he is somebody that definitely we can see as for the same reason that I labeled, like you said, for most improved. It works for most potential as well. Uh, 
I think, again, most potential. I would understand if people said Griffin Dorsey in this one. I think we are seeing Dorsey's max potential right now. And and, and that's not a knock. I think he's, it's, it's excellent. It's by far a star. I just don't think he's going to grow beyond this. Uh, I think the other one I think obvious that a lot of people would probably expect us to say is Keones. And the reason is if he can develop that other foot, he'll be a top 10 goal scorer. And I don't think that's a stretch to say. I, again, am trying to zag a little bit and highlight other people. To me, the most potential player, Amin Bossy. Amin Bossy, if he can come alive, especially with his passing ability, and he can start to take shots and make shots, he will just balloon. A lot of his goals came from the penalty spot this year. The one good thing of his 12 goals is it was kind of almost evenly split. What I mean by that is five with his left and seven with his right foot, which tells me he can finish both ways, and that's that's nice. I think as if he can develop his offensive strategy a lot more, this is what I mean by most potential. His passing skills are elite uh, in terms of passing percentage, 88%, uh, 69% of his long passes. He averages about 53 passes per 90, uh, and in his in his opponent's half, He's 83%. In his own half, he's 93%. So he's somebody that's extremely great in terms of passing and being back. Now, the potential side comes from his offensive side. He only converted 30% of his conversion rates. He averages a goal every 204 minutes. So not exactly what you would want in his type of role. Uh, He had 40 shots, 23 were on target, and he scored 12 all inside the box. Not one goal this year came from outside the box. If he can develop that out-of-box shot, or at least a curler, he will be scary. So my most potential would go to the man that shoots the arrows, because I think he's somebody that can develop into a legit star, and I hope so, because he has the personality to accompaniment. Yeah, I can't argue with any of those. So those are 2023 Houston Dynamo end-of-year awards. Brandon... We're going to move on to our reoccurring segment, segment, excuse me, Ballin' Around the Globe, where we take a story from anywhere in the world and share it with our listeners. Brandon, why don't you kick off this week's Ballin' Around the Globe? So as always, uh, I will kind of set it up where I ask you some questions. But for today's Ballin' Around the Globe, we first start off in Europe. Jamal, when a young boy attends a match, what do they pray? a player gives them at the end of the game a shirt a shirt and right you are well three clubs say don't do it ix slavia prague and fc copenhagen so for today we'll focus on copenhagen's reasons why and i quote directly from the club the decision stems from the fact that it's not possible for the players or the club to meet the many wishes and we therefore disappoint a lot of children who come with the hope of getting a jersey The number of signs has increased significantly over recent seasons. And unfortunately, we have many children who get a bad experience from carrying a sign. The statement continues. At the same time, the players are put in a difficult situation because they cannot fulfill the wishes and are perceived negatively because they have to say no to the many requests. We hope for understanding and understand, of course, that many want a shirt from a player. And it's still allowed for the players to choose to give a shirt to fans, but it'll be without signs. So... Cole, how do you feel, man, about the fact that we are denying children to ask a millionaire, in this case, for their jersey that they just played? That took too long. I I butchered it. But what I was going to say was, 
them kids. I like it. Yeah, I mean, look, there's no FTK. expectation you're going to get a jersey. And if it's like, if it's coming to the point where these kids are starting to expect it, it is happening too much because getting a jersey should feel very special. That's not something that's going to happen every single match. So I'm okay with slowing things down. Like, look, jerseys are expensive. You get an allocated number from your manufacturer. Um, I mean, I don't think those are, those all sound like second, or you said IX, right? Yeah, IX, Slavia, Prague. Okay, and well, IX has no excuse. But the other two guys, um, they're not the biggest club. So, you know, Nike's not taking care of them. Nike's giving them 200 shirts for the squad, make do with it. So after a while, you know, you start running low on shirts. So I'm okay with implementing this rule. Um, as as I said, I, I'm not a parent. I don't have any kids. So for me, at the end of the day, them kids. You know what my response would be if I was the club? Hey, suck it up. Are you kidding me? You can bring a sign, but you're not guaranteed a jersey just because you're a child with a sign. Like, I hope you get one. I do. Every time you attend a baseball game, everybody hopes you get a foul ball. But it doesn't mean that the players have to go around handing out foul balls to kids because that's what they hoped for. Like, get out of here with this. Like, I think we're pandering by having to do this signage. It's absolutely ridiculous. Sorry, children, bring your signs. But if you don't get one, eh, it's kind of life. Yeah, so they all came out that statement at the same time, or how did that work? Are no, they're following suit. So I, essentially, I think it was Ajax who led the way, and then Slavia Prague and Copenhagen said, this is getting out of hand, and so they're putting an end to this. It's very odd that that even had to have a statement, like the audacity of <laughs> these agree. kids that expecting a, a shirt, so... So, yeah... Very, uh, very frustrating. Well, Brandon, my uh, input for balling around the globe uh, is actually a little bit, I don't want to call it heartwarming, uh, but we don't have to go very far. We're going to the tip of Texas, uh, South Texas, Corpus Christi to be exact, home of Ooh. Selena and home <laughs> of Farrah Fawcett. Now soon to be the home of a future professional soccer team, Corpus Christi FC. So basically, Corpus Christi FC exists in the um, in the USL2, which is a semi-pro league. So they have a mixture of both um, professional and kids who aren't getting paid. Uh, well, the ownership group came out that they're going to get a soccer-specific stadium built in Corpus. And with that stadium being built, they're going to move to pro. So they'll probably join USL1 or USL Championship um, and grow from there. Um, the reason I wanted to share this story, um, one, I think it's important that we're getting clubs that are getting soccer-specific stadiums, not using yep. sharing baseball stadiums. Um, aesthetically, it, it just looks nicer, one. But two, it shows that your investors, your ownership is taking the club seriously. The other reason, selfishly speaking, why I think this is important it's a great opportunity for the Dynamo. If there's a kid in the South, South of Houston, that's a little bit out of our network. If he does something with Corpus, we can easily grab him, bring him up to Houston, have a tryout. So um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, with lower league soccer, I really feel like a rising tide raises all ships, um, community wise, player wise, and at the end of the day, for the professional clubs like the Dynamo, all we have to worry about is that those greedy. Uh, Austin FC folks don't try to try to <laughs> get in on that. Yeah, poach. Um, which 
another part of my Balling Around the Globe segment. So I'm living in the Rio Grande Valley. If you had to guess what MLS club has an attachment to the local youth soccer association, who would you guess? I mean, I, the easy one would say, like, obviously Dynamo, but and I'll was go FC Dallas. Many years. Why not? It was a Dynamo for many, many years, and eventually the Dynamo pulled out of that. Um, and this was before Siegel and Pat and all that. But right now, Real Salt Lake <laughs> has an agreement to oversee the youth, um, or not even the youth, but like the the kids' leagues down here, the youth leagues down here. That just kind of shows the amount of talent that's in Texas that teams from out of the state are looking to invest down here. So, um, again, Corpus Christi becoming a professional team in the next year or so, having a soccer-specific stadium. And I think it's just going to be great for not only the state of Texas, but um, even our lovely Houston Dynamo. Go CCFC. I can't wait till uh, we actually play (laughs) them in the U.S. Open. Oh, the Sharks. I wonder if their stadium is going to be on the water like uh, the Corpus Christi Hooks It's not. It's going to be in a little um, – more inland. Um, There was a term they used for the the actual stadium, and it's basically like – you know those stadiums that are like – it's killing me now that I can't remember the the name of it. But you know those – those stadiums that are built off of like cargo parts, like those. Oh yeah, those... like they did in the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. The shipping there, container. Yeah, shipping containers. There's a term for that specific type of stadium. Well, that's what they're getting. Um, oh. But a lot of people are positive. Well, it depends on if you look at the glass half empty or half full. Some people don't like that because they want you know the nice shiny the toy to look beautiful. But at the same token, it gives you flexibility to expand to move. Um, but um, and to be safe yeah. during hurricanes, <laughs> yeah, we get those. Too, so, so I mean, like, um, I don't think that's a bad call. I, I think that it, like you said, it allows you expand it. No one noticed in the World Cup that one of the stadiums is built out of that material. So, yeah, plus they're yeah. donating it. I think to to some nation. Maybe they can just donate yeah, it to them after the fact. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's going to be a multi sports complex. I'm looking at it now. It's going to have the main stadium and then about six or eight other pitches, full length pitches. So um, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dynamo end up doing something uh, preseason or or Open Cup. So um, that cool. was this week's balling around the globe. Brandon, let's finish this episode with our favorite segment. Ball in or ball out, we ask topics and make the choice whether we're for it, ball in, or against it, ball out. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to bring him up? Yeah, you had him, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So we'll start with the first one here. Ball in or ball out, this upcoming League's Cup. How would you feel, just like how this year we held it all in America? What if next year every match had to be in Mexico to make it even, and we just rotate between this, all in the U.S., all in Mexico? I know it'll never happen, but I am ball in on this idea uh, for a number of reasons. One, it gives me an excuse to go to Mexico. Um, <laughs> two, it's a great experience for our guys. Like, I feel like MLS, we're so spoiled with being just closed off in our – in our league and we don't do much traveling, get these guys to travel, get these guys to get those, those uh, international experiences. I mean, it only helps. It'll help. Um, it'll help even our national team guys, those MLSers um, get, get that national exposure because 
Mexico, a packed Azteca is a different monster compared to like a packed uh, BMO or whatever it's called. Uh, those fans <laughs> are vicious, and uh, I'm I'm all for it. I love I love the idea. I love it gives America or it gives us an excuse to go out there. Like, could you imagine Mexico City with all of the surge or the supporter groups? <laughs> like, it would be a blast. So I'm all for it. I'm with you. Ball in big time. Primarily because, one, I think this could develop into legit rivalries where both teams are looking forward to that other team coming into their town to where even the rivalry can be Liga MX versus MLS. I think that's a lot of fun. And knowing that they complained heavily that it was all held here in America this time, what? all right, I'm down, let's flip it. Now no more excuses. The other thing I'm all in for is if you think about a team, when do they bond the most? It's not really at home. It's when they're on the road. That's when they come together the most. And having to be consistently on the road throughout group play and also if you move on to knockout round, I think that bodes well for us, especially a team that's built for the playoffs. And on top of that, we haven't been very good on the road lately. This allows us to develop that and kind of get some more quote-unquote cheap road games for free here while we while we develop this. So ball in big time. I think it grows the sport, like you said. I think it makes both fans happy. And it's a little bit different in terms of how these cup plays work out. So it's a unanimous ball in on Leagues Cup being played. How would you word that? Either sit or switching. In both Mexico. Yeah. 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 Uh, what was uh, topic two? So moving on to topic two here, we actually kind of alluded it to a bit ago when we were talking about this guy. So we'll actually give it kind of quick and snappy here. Ball in, ball out on the Dynamo signing Carlos Vela. Yeah. Um, if you've made it this long to the episode, you've heard my thoughts on that. I am ball out. I don't think we're in the Dynamo aren't in that position anymore where we need that big signing to bring fans. We have that big signing. We're winning. Um, now we just need to make a better team. We need to make a team that's going to last in the playoffs. We need to emulate what Columbus has done and build a strong team off of off of their foundation. So I am ball out because Vela is not going to provide any of that for us. Right there with you, ball out. I think he's washed. His best days are behind him. I mentioned earlier in the episode, hadn't scored in his last 15 appearances. I don't think he's going to continue no matter who he plays for. Right off into the sunset, my man, and go being some soap opera goodbye carlos vela ball out i'm just time tagging this because in the case that we do sign him i'll probably be first in line to get a jersey <laughs> so i'll just delete this from the pod and nobody <laughs> will ever know uh but yeah unanimous ball out on vela to the dynamo and what is our last topic the last one's absolutely stupid uh has nothing to do with soccer but this actually turned out to be a big debate in my office here so wind chimes like the things that you hang on a deck are you ball in or ball out on wind chimes i am ball out if i'm ever ah. outside in my patio i want to hear nature i want to hear birds <laughs> chirping i want to hear the leaves blowing what do i need this manufactured sound for get that out of here so Ball in, kind of. The bamboo wind chimes, I am here for. Those things are peaceful as can be. Plus, 
when James bring me back to a time in my childhood, like at my grandmother's in Seattle. When you said bamboo. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. And so like I hear it and it can take me back to a place. And you know, like the way like, oh, the smell and the sound and all that stuff. Like for me, it's definitely more sounds that I hear that just bring me back. Sound of wind chimes, I'm here for it. Are some annoying? Absolutely. And when it's like heavily windy, they're miserable. But other than that, ball in on wind chimes, baby. Well, how great it like it's crazy how they're great when it's your wind chimes, but they're <laughs> god awful when it's your neighbor's That's wind chimes. Fair. I guess it's a lot like kids, right? If it's your kids, it's cute. But yeah, he's cute. Yeah, but uh, yeah, my thing with wind chimes is that like the majority I see, well, where I live, it gets really windy because of the coastal wind. So like they're just all mm. tangled up and like they don't even work. It's just an eyesore. So I am ball out. I So I've <laughs> like recently picked up biking. I've been biking a lot and I kind of like zoning out sometimes and like turning off the music and just listening to the nature. Um, so yeah, I'm all about natural sounds. Get your get your man man-made fake sounds out of here man ball out <laughs> i think wind chimes can be peaceful from the right setting don't get me wrong overall i do enjoy just the sound of nature as well but it can be a nice little plus man you're laying in a hammock sun beating down the face and just the light tingle of that sound it's very zen like man i'm here for it ball in ball in <laughs> In the same night that Glenn Davis interviews Pat and Ben, we're talking wind chimes. It goes to show where we are in the soccer totem pole for uh, Rowan, the Houston Dynamo podcast. Yeah, got to start from somewhere, right? Well, folks, that's it. Be on the lookout. We have some exciting segments coming out. Um, just because there's a Dynamo offseason doesn't mean there's another way we ball offseason. We will be hard at work. So please keep updated. Uh, follow us on all of our socials, underscore the way we ball. And check us out on YouTube or Spotify, uh, the way we ball podcast. For the way we ball, I'm Jamal. And I'm Brandon. And this is the way we ball.